Well, a very, very good evening to you, and I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. My name's Adrian Holloway, and I especially want to welcome you if it just so happens that this is actually your first time here on a Sunday. It's great to see you, and a very happy Christmas to you. Our first reading is from Luke 1, 26 to 37, the birth of Jesus foretold. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Well, good evening, everyone, and a very happy Christmas to you. I'm pleased to say that uh, we are going to have uh, a bit of a laugh in the next few minutes. Is that okay if we have a bit of a laugh? Yes? Oh, fantastic. I thought so. Well, um, yeah, I'd like to begin by saying that I recently attended my first ever Hindu. This is a photo of our four daughters, one of whom has just got married. I was only at the Hindu for five minutes, but one of the hens asked me how I got engaged to Julia, who is my wife, and also the mother of these four girls. And the background to this story is that I really liked Julia, but I was absolutely convinced that she would not like me, for one very good reason. I thought that she was too good-looking for me. <coughs> Thank you for that, R. <laughs> this was a fact, a fact that was confirmed to me by all of my friends. But on one occasion, uh, there was a group of us sitting around in this room, and I was actually sitting on a sofa and Julia was sitting next to me, and her knee was touching mine. But at the time, I dismissed this as entirely accidental knee contact. The sort of accidental knee contact that presumably can happen when a girl finds herself sitting next to some bloke who she doesn't fancy at all. So I thought, any second now... Julia will realise that her knee is touching mine and she will withdraw her knee. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you that five seconds passed. <laughs> and no such knee withdrawal took place. So I thought, well, maybe the sofa is so small that she's been squashed, forced into sustained knee contact against her will. But I looked around, no, no, the sofa was plenty big enough. So I thought, well, maybe she's got one of those medical conditions. 
You know, you know, you can't feel things. Maybe she's had a nerve cut in her right knee. Maybe she has paralysis of the right knee. But no, Julia showed none of the telltale signs of right knee paralysis. So I decided that if her knee was still touching mine, in an additional 10 seconds time, I was going to take that as official confirmation that she was interested in me. 10 seconds later, her knee was still touching mine. And I realized that I had received a signal. Yeah, even though I am a bloke, I was able to work this out. <laughs> so it was, and here I shall speed things up. I'll skip more than a year of the story. So this is now more than a year later. So more than a year later, I was ready to propose marriage to Julia. And so it was that one night I hid in the bushes planning my first burglary. My mission was to break into Julia's parents' house and steal her passport because my plan was to whisk her away to Paris. Because I'm thinking, if I can up the romance level high enough and propose marriage in Paris, then she might say yes in a sort of disorientated daze, brought on by the excitement of the Eurostar. So I broke into her parents' house. I stole her passport. I took her to Paris and in Paris in a restaurant called... La table dots du Palais Royal. That set me back a bit. I got down on one knee, I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. And I have to tell you, that was an electric feeling. And you know, I've only ever had that same electric feeling on one other occasion in my life, and that was on the day when I began a relationship with God. And in the reading that we've just heard, Mary is told that nothing is impossible with God. And the message of the Bible is that because Christ has now come into the world at Christmas, it is now possible for each and every one of us here in this room tonight to enjoy for ourselves a relationship with God. Our second reading is from John chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. The reason Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Well, we've heard the story of how Mary is told by the angel Gabriel she's going to give birth to a son. She should call him Jesus. She travels with Joseph from Nazareth down to Bethlehem where she gives birth to the baby Jesus. And then shepherds come in from the fields nearby to worship. So, well... We know that this baby Jesus was and is a real historical person. In addition to all the early eyewitness accounts, the first century reports that have been gathered together into what's now called the Bible. In addition, we have lots of 
non-Christian, in fact, anti-Christian sources for the historical Jesus. They tell us quite a lot. These are sources like Josephus, Tacitus, Lucian of Samosata, the Jewish Babylonian Talmud, and Pliny the Younger. And modern historians have reached a consensus about the historical Jesus, that Jesus was an exorcist and a wonder worker who arrived on the first century scene with an unprecedented sense of his own importance. This baby Jesus grew up to offer you and me eternal life. We heard that thrilling offer of eternal life in our second reading just a few minutes ago. And when people actually met Jesus, what overwhelmed them about him was his compassion and his humility. Jesus truly loved people. He was an amazingly warm-hearted person. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He said, hey, if you're hungry, I am the bread of life. And he promises that if we do follow him, he says, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus offers us what he called abundant life, life to the full. And so right now, you and I can come to Christ. Christ who says, I am the light of the world. Christ who says, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even if they die, they'll live. Christ who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so, at the first Christmas, the Bible says that this Jesus is God's gift to us. That somehow, through the birth of Jesus, God himself was visiting us, making it possible for us to come to know him, making it possible for every single one of us in this room tonight, to have eternal, lasting peace with God. Our third reading is from Luke 2, 8 to 14, the shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. He will be a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels and praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. We're now going to say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. The words will appear on the screen. As soon as I start reading the Lord's Prayer, please join in with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, I think that probably all couples have pet names for each other, you know, nicknames, terms of endearment, yeah? And so seeing as you and I get in along so well, I don't mind you knowing that my wife, Julia, calls me the special one. <laughs> or spesh for short, yeah? And after we got married, one time she's up in the loft of our house and she calls down from the loft, Oi, Spesh, she says, what are these books? And she had discovered the secret diaries, not of Adrian Mole, but of Adrian Holloway. And here they are. Yes, you see, I'm one of these people who, at the end of each day, I write down something in my diary, like these are my innermost thoughts, uh, you know, the, the, the real me. And so... Frankly, I would be gutted. I'd be gutted if you read these. I would be devastated if you knew what I was really like. And so I've kept it that no one has ever read these ex except me. I've kept it that way deliberately. And so if I had been one of those shepherds keeping watch over my flocks by night out in the fields... If I had seen a real angel of the Lord, I think I would have been terrified. I mean, if I had seen the real glory of the real Lord shining all around me, I think I would have been terrified because I know what I'm really like. I know what's in here. But if alternatively, if alternatively, I had lived a perfect life, if I had been an angel, then when the angel of the Lord appears, I would have been like, uh, oh, all right, Gabriel, how's it going? Hey, Gabriel, you fancy a game of snooker later on? Or, or, or something like that. No, no, I would have been terrified. And my suspicions that there is something about what's in here that needs sorting. My suspicions would have been confirmed by what the angel said, because the angel says today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. So apparently, shepherds like, like me need a saviour. But hang on, how is Jesus a saviour? Well, let's imagine at the end of my life, I'm getting ready to meet my maker. And I'm becoming aware, I'm realizing that, as the Bible says, actually all of us have sinned. That all of us fall short of the glory of God. And I'm realizing that the Bible says that actually the result or the wages of sin is death. And so I realize that I'm facing the death penalty and I'm getting increasingly nervous about what's about to happen when at that moment, along comes Jesus, the Savior. 
And Jesus, the Saviour, is holding his diary. Here's his diary. And if you read his diary, it's looking pretty good. Because you see, he never does anything wrong. No, you go through it, page after page, he never sins. So there I am. Can you see, I had so many, I couldn't even hold on to them. And yet Jesus comes along, to my relief, and says, hey, do you want me to take them from you? Jesus says, do you want to swap? Can I ask you this evening, do you want to swap? And I say, what do you mean? I'm weighed down with all my diaries. And Jesus says, well, what I had in mind was I would take your diaries from you. I take all of your sins. I take all of the death penalty that's coming to you. And then I would take the death penalty that was coming to you on a Roman cross of crucifixion. I would die in your place as your substitute instead of you. This is how come I'm a savior, Jesus explains. So I take the death penalty instead of you. Jesus says, you, at the other end of the swap, you would receive my perfect record. You would receive eternal life. You go straight into the presence of God, so you'd know God in this life. You'd have eternal life in the next, Jesus says. Do you want to swap? And I say, hang on a minute. This... This swap thingy you're on, you're on about, this swap thing, it sounds too good to be true. What's in it for you? And Jesus says, oh, I'm really glad you asked because what's in it for me is that, well, let me put it this way. God so loved you that he gave his one and only son so that if you believe in him, you won't perish. No, you won't perish. You won't have your diaries anymore. No, I'll have your diaries. What you will have is eternal life. Jesus says, do you want to swap? And I'm like, look, maybe I've misunderstood this swap thing, but to me, it still sounds to me like you're getting the thin end of the wedge on this swap. Are you sure about this? And Jesus says, yeah, I'm really sure. It's the whole reason why I came into the world at Christmas. I came into the world at Christmas as a savior so that I could take your sins and so that you could have this, the love of God. Do you want to swap? Can I ask you tonight? Do you want to swap? Because if you do, in about five minutes, you can. I'd like to share one story about one person who said yes to this swap. I'm going to change her name. I'm going to call her Hannah. When Hannah was 15 years old, sadly for her, she was very unpopular at school. And things kind of came to a head at the end of one lesson when the teacher lost patience with Hannah and made her stand uh, in front of all of the class. And then the teacher offered the chalk to any pupil who wanted to write on the blackboard what they thought of Hannah. And so one by one, these kids came up and they wrote various nasty, abusive names on the blackboard until eventually all 29 of them had written something on the board. And then the bell went for the end of the lesson and all these kids stood up and they all walked out. And then the teacher stood up 
And the teacher walked out, leaving Hannah all on her own in the classroom. And she slowly turned around, and for the first time she looked at these 29 nasty, horrible, abusive names written on the blackboard. And if you like, she kind of took a mental picture of those words. Many years later, Hannah went to see a counsellor. And it just so happened that this counsellor was a Christian counsellor. And this Christian counsellor said, Hannah, what I'd like to try and do for you, if I can, is I just want to try and show you who Jesus is and why he's a saviour and what he was doing for you when he died in your place on the cross. Hannah, the counsellor said, picture yourself back in the classroom. You're looking at the blackboard. You're looking at all those horrible names. Now, Hannah, imagine Jesus as a young man coming into the classroom, but he's not carrying a, a wooden cross beam, which he did as he went to the cross. But picture him instead holding a wooden board rubber. Imagine Hannah, Jesus rubbing out every single one of those horrible, nasty names. And then imagine Jesus getting a board, board cleaner and a squirter and a rag and then cleansing the board of every single trace of all of those horrible names till it's completely clean. The counselor said, Hannah, then imagine Jesus picking up the chalk and writing, Hannah, who you will be in Christ. That you, Hannah, will be accepted. That you'll be adopted. That you'll be loved. That you'll be cared for. That you'll be cleansed. That you'll be washed. That you will be a daughter of God. And you know what happened next? Hannah and this counsellor, they got in the car and they drove to the school. The school where it happened. And they found the classroom where it had happened. And Hannah sat in her seat where she used to sit. And of course, when they got there, it wasn't like blackboard and chalk anymore. It was all sort of high tech. But they managed to get the thing to work. She sat there and she saw that in Christ she was accepted, that she was adopted, that she was loved, that she was cared for, that she was washed, that she was cleansed, that she was a daughter of God. And that day, Hannah said yes to this gift. And if you're not sure that you have received this gift, you can have it. And you can have it right now. I'd love to finish by praying the last thing that we sang. The last thing we sang was the last verse of A Little Town of Bethlehem. And in a moment, I'd like to personalize it and make it a prayer that you can pray if you want to. In a moment, I'd like to pray, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. O come to me, abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, as we heard in the song, means God with us. And if you want to make that your prayer, I'll just add a short prayer that you might also like to make your own. So why don't we finish, or at least finish this bit of our service with a prayer. I mean, if you like, you can bow your head or close your eyes, but you don't need to do that. You can just look straight ahead. All I'm going to do is read the last verse of that carol as a prayer, a prayer that you can make your prayer silently if you'd like to. I'm not asking you to pray out loud, but you can just pray along with me silently if you'd like to.
Let's pray together, shall we? And maybe tonight, silently you're praying, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. And if you're praying that, maybe you're praying something like this. Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, I, I am sorry that I have sinned. I have fallen short of your glory. But thank you so much that at that first Christmas you sent your Son the Savior, to die on the cross as my substitute in my place instead of me. Now I'm turning to you. You are my Savior and Lord. Amen. 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 Hi guys, don't click away just yet. I wanted to say thank you so much to you for watching our video and whether this is your first time watching or your hundredth time, you are so welcome here. My name is Sarah and I am on the staff team here at the Beacon Church. As a church, we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. If you wanted to find out more, then please do watch the rest of the content on our channel or you can click on the links below to follow our social media and our website where you can also find information about how to support us financially. Um, and of course, finally, don't forget to like and subscribe and share with a friend, not for our benefit, but for yours. And thank you so much for your time. God bless.